0: We sit as we listen to our readings from Holy Scripture. A reading from the prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 25, beginning at the sixth verse. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-matured wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-matured wines trained clear, and he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is scarce over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up for, for death. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It said, "Be said on that day." Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 118. The refrain is, I will give thanks to you, for you have become my salvation. I will I give thanks to you, to you, for you have become my salvation. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercies endures forever. Let Israel now proclaim, his mercy endures forever. I will give thanks to you, for you have become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. Joyful shouts of salvation song from the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does mighty deeds. The right hand of the Lord raises up. The right hand of the Lord does mighty deeds. I will give thanks to you, for you have become my salvation. I shall not die, but live, and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has punished me sorely, but he has not given me over to death. I will give thanks to the Lord, for you have become my salvation. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I will give thanks to you, for you have answered me and, become, and have become my salvation." I will give thanks to you, for you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I will give thanks to you, for you have become my salvation. Amen. A
1: reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace of Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced Not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. May the Lord be in the lips and your heart as you proclaim the Gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the first and the last, says the Lord, and the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And And also also with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John.
3: Glory Glory to you, you, O Lord. Lord.
2: Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise
3: to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in our sight. O God, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples I have seen the Lord. Have you ever been back to visit your old school? It can be a strange experience. Many things are familiar. Others may have changed hugely. New buildings added, facilities updated, technology installed. It may have seemed smaller than you remember. You feel you have outgrown it. If it's a primary school, your body certainly wouldn't fit on those tiny chairs anymore. Yet the smell of the polish and the sight of the deaths can bring back the times when school was your whole world and then what it felt like as you finally reach your last day and a whole way of life came to an end. Whatever could life hold beyond the classroom? Just when Jesus' followers think that his story is over, the plot gains a new twist. As a new week dawns, John tells us how grieving Mary Magdalene came to Jesus' tomb to see that the heavy sealing stone has been removed. Shocked to find an open grave, she assumed Jesus' body had been stolen and runs to fetch the disciples. Peter and John go outside, go inside to discover that the Lord's body has indeed gone. The obvious conclusion is that a robber has been at work. We naturally interpret the unfamiliar in the light of what we already know of the world, but the explanation that does not fit. The grave clothes are still there. What robber would enwrap a body before taking it or leave the coverings behind with the head section separate and neatly rolled? John, the other disciples, senses that something more is going on. He does not yet understand but dares to believe that this Jesus Extraordinary in life is at the center of something more amazing to come. He does not grasp the full story, but he knows it is not an old story of a dead hero. Left alone to weep, Mary looks into the tomb to see two angels. Where have they come from? They sit exactly where Jesus' body had laid, yet they ask her, why is she weeping? Events grow stranger by the minute. She turns to see another figure behind her. He too seems to come from nowhere. Common sense tells her that this man is probably the gardener. And if so, perhaps he knows where Jesus' body has gone. As he answers, he addresses her by name. That one word, Mary, reaches right into her, and she knows that it is Jesus who stands before her, alive. But this is not merely a joyful reunion of an old friend. Jesus instructs Mary to go to the disciples, whom he now refers to as my brothers and tell them of his forthcoming ascension. Unlike Lazarus, whose Jesus brought back to life in the world in a resuscitated body, Jesus himself now heralds God's new creation in a resurrection body. That may partly explain why Mary does not recognize him at first. He is also the last person she would expect to see standing before her, overflowing with life. As we read the story, we too may have our surprises. Jesus, just risen from the dead, defeated death and confounding his enemies. It is the most unprecedented and unique event in history. Yet the resurrected Jesus first reveals himself in a garden to a woman with little status either among his earthly followers or in her own culture? Why did Jesus not proclaim God's vindication directly to his enemies by visiting the Sandiran and knocking on Pilate's door? God's kingdom ways are beyond our earthly ways. Serving Jesus as Lord brings change. We may long for him to restore aspects of our lives to how they were, but Jesus' life growing in us makes all things new. As we face the end-of-life season, a failed ambition, a fruitful ministry, a job done, a child grown up and mourns our losses, the risen Jesus Can meet us in places where we least expect. Like Mary Magdalene, we can be tempted to hold on to the Lord as we have known him on our journey so far. But we are to keep following him and allow our lives to be transferred in ways we could never have imagined. Although we do not know what that would look like or where it will take us, we can trust the one whose mighty power has raised Jesus from the dead, and whose love for us is limitless. Whatever the mysteries of our root, our destiny in Christ is glorious. So let hallelujah be our song today. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs>